Welcome to the MLS Net Boys podcast. After a little bit of a hiatus, I'm Jacob and Chase is with me today. How's it going, Chase? I'm doing pretty dang good. Pretty dang good, my well, friend. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. Why don't we why don't we explain ourselves here why we were so Well, you know when you just do podcasts as like a third job on the side <laughs> and you don't get paid at all, it's hard to make it your number one priority. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we went up to Seattle about two weeks, a week ago now. I don't know, time time flies, but we went up to Seattle with a group of friends, watched the most boring Cascadia Cup match I've ever seen in my life. Literally worst. Uh, I've been going to Timbers games like 15 years like since they've entered the league. <laughs> Never seen a nil-nil, never seen a more boring game. And Dude, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, we we hiked around Seattle. We got to the stadium early. We hiked up the freaking little, like, turnstile thing to get up to the top. Hiked up those stairs all the way to our seats just to watch a nil-nil where both teams <laughs> couldn't have, like, a solid first touch the whole game. And it was the worst part about it, too, is it always gets brought up, but Timber's haven't lost there since 2017 it's been six years and you know we've been going for a couple of us have been going for like eight years and we have a bunch of people like watching from home and then we brought one guy with us who wasn't a soccer guy and because we we were hyping (laughs) up this game and talking about it and it was like literally the most boring game we could have brought to something that wouldn't convert somebody to be like a fan of the game Not at all. We said this a lot on the trip, but the most entertaining part of our trip was the halftime show (laughs) when our our buddy Matt got the... (laughs) The Space Needle Race. Yeah, we talked about it, but there's this little halftime stadium, little fun promotional game, and it's got, like, this, like, Space Needle animation, and there's, like, three different, like, elevators going up, and they're all different colors, and then you pick which color beforehand you think is going to make it to the top. So Matt is a perfect eight eight correct guesses, no incorrect, and including famously before this actually, there was one cart that was gold who had only won one time in its history out of like a hundred or so guesses. So like literally like a one percent chance, and our boy Matt got it that one year. This time, Matt picks. One of the, I think it was blue, right? Yeah, he picked blue this year. He picks blue, and then a different color cart made it to the top first. So we're like, everybody just turns to the end of the aisle and looks at Matt, and Matt's just got his like hand on his face, shaking his head, and he finally lost after almost a decade. And then somebody points to the screen, and then the the screen, like somebody had a sign that said like, "Oh, gold one or whatever." He flips it around and says, "Blue one," and then they show like an instant replay. They like took the elevator that won, unzipped it, and it was actually the one Matt predicted, <laughs> our friend. It was the the gold elevator had one, and then it had a zipper that got unzipped, and it was actually the blue elevator underneath. And then we all look back, and Matt just has that sly dog <laughs> smile on his face. He, he's a real salty dog, but yeah, that was probably the most... That made the trip feel like a victory. You know, it was a little bit easier leaving the stadium knowing that uh, we're still undefeated after nine years. That's right. Moving on to some real action, though. Um, uh, we, ne- we never even talked why we didn't even do the podcast other than <laughs> we went to Seattle. A bit of a 
and then just it's just a long trip. We were gonna take all the equipment up there, but it's a lot to lug that up all up there. And then somebody had to have a birthday. Hey man, I can't I can't control these things. Happy birthday to Chase. Partners in crime here. He's gonna be yes, a sir. ripe twenty five years old. I'm hitting my quarter life crisis right now. I'm about to go drop some money on like a new car. <laughs> Improv question: Who's the best number twenty five in the league? Ooh, doesn't Tulioma wear twenty five? Yeah, he's the only one I can. Without think a of. doubt, dude. <laughs> Without a doubt, Tulioma. All right, moving on to the week of MLS. There was some midweek action. Um, Canadian Championship. Vancouver Whitecaps won it. Congrats to them. They'll have hey. some CCL. Let's go. There was also some U.S. Open Cup and one regular MLS match. But starting with Saturday's slot of games, first up, Atlanta United wins 3-1 to at home against D.C. United. Let's go, Atlanta. Building up some form, finally. Jacques is looking like the guy. This guy is, like, proven to be the striker they need, the guy that they've really needed since Joseph just fell off. Yeah, and what a year it's been for him. Curious to see how that translates into like postseason or like what that looks like because Joseph scored in like regular season, but he also loved a big moment, a big game, MLS Cup, MLS All Star game, playoffs. He was always delivering on those stages. I'm curious to see how that occurs with Yakumakis. But next up, going right along here, Charlotte home. 3-3 draw with Seattle. This was a pretty crazy game. Seattle went up three different times, and Charlotte came back three separate times. Rui Diaz with a brace. Seattle looking like a different team now that Rui Diaz and Roldan are back in the squad. Rui Diaz, like you said, got a brace. They just looked so much better. But how about that Charlotte, like the assist from Swiderski? What an effort. Dude, <laughs> that guy has been, he just turns up for like, I don't, just random occasions. I don't even want to say the big games, man. <laughs> random interconference matchups. <laughs> man has just been like kind of disappeared like randomly and then he'll turn up. But that was a nuts assist. He kind of just like brings it down and then chips it up on the goal line, just making Nuhu like look like a baby deer just running around, doesn't know where he's going. And then he like chips the ball to the back post for a guy to come in and slot it home. And, uh, you know, big ups to our boy Ryan, who's managing Charlotte in our FM save. He was hyping up this game in our group chat while he was watching. Yeah, and you love you love to see them take away some points from Seattle. So big ups to them. Next up, Montreal four nil at home against Minnesota. I saw a stat where it was like Montreal at home is absolutely just elite, but then on the road they're just a terrible team. And yeah, 4-0, they debuted their new kit finally, actually. I was going to say, they're also weird stat, they're um, undefeated in their new kit. That's right. Which was debuted yesterday. <laughs> One thing you love to see, Mason Toy gets a brace against his former team, actually. And that guy was a you know good prospect in the league, but he's just had injuries and it just hasn't come up for him lately. But hopefully getting back on form for him. Moving right along, New England wins 3-1 at home against Miami. Bobby Wood with another goal. Um, yeah, New England veering the ship back back on track. Um, this Miami, game... Yo, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is probably the 
highlight of Miami's week, right? <laughs> Joseph Martinez scoring a penalty in the 84th minute. <laughs> I was going to say, this game does not surprise anybody. If you look at it on paper, you see these two teams, where they're at in the league, you would expect this result, like, without a doubt. But we'll get on to Miami a little bit more here in, in a minute. I think everybody knows the big news surrounding them already. I wonder if there's some people who, like, solely their only outlet of football or soccer is just this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and we missed the most important week in the league's history (laughs) it's gonna be the most absolutely shocking news of all time it's gonna come from me and you (laughs) that would be so funny (laughs) because the one week that we miss we've been doing this like 17 weeks now the one time we miss is like the the most most important week in the league's history without a doubt (laughs) Yeah, because Montreal got those new kits. Other than um, the week that the Timbers won MLS Cup, December 6th, December 6th 2015. 2015? Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, Toronto <laughs> hosting Nashville. A 1-1 draw in Sydney with a good goal. Don't want to talk about this. Do you not want to talk about Nashville's performance against Toronto? We got to talk about some bigger things coming up, so we're gonna kind of yeah. blaze through the games. Today. That's true. That's true. Orlando keeping it rolling three nil against Red Bulls earlier last week. Now two nil at home against Colorado. Colorado kind of in the mud though. Um, Facunda Torres also coming back into form, but Colorado with two red cards. Dude, there. Uh, you see the the stats for this game is just so like ridiculous like 35 percent possession four shots it's <laughs> only ugly. two on target but i mean granted yeah two red cards is just impossible to play through really something's got to change there and we'll allude to that later next up chicago fire hosting columbus crew <laughs> columbus wins 2-1 at the road and i'm just just thinking about this and what happened <laughs> if you already know it's just cracking me up but kucho scores 60th minute Columbus is up 1-0. Shakiri late goal to tie it up, 88th minute. And if you know Chicago Fire this year, you know they drop <laughs> points late. So them doing the inverse was pretty surprising. But nope, Lucas Zilleron <laughs> scores from about 60 yards to win it in stoppage time. Dude, what a freaking goal. Let's go Columbus crew. I, Man, this, this was exciting to watch. I follow you know br football bleacher report football and usually you'll post mls like banger goals which if you know mls it's like a weird occurrence that like every week there's like these bangers and just one of the comments was like like your worst mls goal any given week and it was just underneath that video but yeah look up that goal if you can zillarion dude scoring from the halfway line did you see so like just there's like a few things around this goal that was just like fun to watch but like Zellerion obviously knew the keeper was off his line he was checking his shoulder didn't even take a touch he took the shot first time and then did you see the camera angle from like a behind the goal the keeper has no clue where the ball's going he's running towards the wrong side of the goal and he like does a jump just like half-heartedly not even looking and then the ball goes like in the other side of the goal, and it's already past him by the time he jumps. It's so that nuts. was just hilarious to watch. It's so nuts. Like you, you would think it's easy. Like if you see, or you see it like with no goalkeeper sometimes too. But like to strike a ball like that clean, just to get it that right, is so so nuts. And questions are always asked about the goalkeeping, but it's like I just like to 
you, give the props to the player. Honestly. You wouldn't expect the goalie to be anywhere else. When your team has possession, it's late in the game. You would hope that your goalie is off his line and not just sitting back there so he can be helpful in possession. And nothing was indicating that Chicago was going to lose the ball right there other than the fact that they're Chicago. You did Michael Bradley it against Portugal in the 2014 <laughs> World Cup turnover in the midfield. Um, anyway, that's a random <laughs> That's a, that's a deep pull. That's a deep pull. Houston hosting LAFC, and the CCL hangover begins maybe for LAFC. 4-0 Houston win at home. Two former LAFC players score against their old club, Corey Baird and Franco Escobar with a banger. And it's kind of weird because this isn't like a, like a severely rotated like LAFC squad. They still have like a lot of their star players out there. And you would expect them to, you know, come back maybe with a vengeance ready to play. But, no, they just kind of rolled over and let Houston just kind of stomp them out. That was sad to watch, but for me it was not sad. <laughs> I was. Here. We'll take an LAFC loss. They've been spoiled in their short existence. I want to bring up two quick things about this, though. So, one, reading the MLS website the next day, they're like, they do like a kind of like, I think it's called, like, Mailbag or something. They'll review, like, the previous day's game. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to, like, just say, oh, Houston got lucky or, you know, focus on the other team being poor because Houston won 4-0 at home when they were really good. But LAFC and then the whole, like, four paragraphs <laughs> was just about them. Like, not even giving credit to this team who nobody really had Houston doing much this year. But they've been really good at home. 4-0 against probably the best team in the league. So, Good job to Houston. Also, um, random thing that I just thought of. Did you see Steve, Steve Trundolo has been linked with the U.S. men's national team job? I did see that. Hate it. Quick thoughts. Hate it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a bad manager, but, I mean, he's had... This is his second season managing, like, a top-flight team. He did one or two in USL for Las Vegas. Wasn't great. He had a good year last year, but... I agree. I don't like it either, but the only like redeeming factor I could see here is he's he isn't like he's not going to overcomplicate it tactically. He just kind of like puts the guys like in the best places that they should be and then almost just kind of like lets them go out and play, which would be kind of refreshing to see with the national team. So that's the only thing. And a guy who's like well experienced, like national team player who's been there, done it. I think he might he might kind of have this like good leadership role for those guys that's the only thing i could say we'll have to talk about more of this national scene i gotta i gotta i got my two cents to share but next up me and chase were actually talking and we were watching the the champions league final the m the mls one um last <laughs> the, week the <laughs> real champions league final that mad that that's matter right. <laughs> lafc versus leon because we didn't even talk about that either lafc lost the champions league final at home well, it's two-legged in CONCACAF, but it was a 2-1 going into the second leg. LAFC was down. They just needed to score. like A 1-0 win would have given them the trophy. They lost 1-0. And me and Chase were talking, is this team better than last than that other uh, Supporter Shield winning LAFC team, 2019? And I was saying I think the 2019 team is better because when I look on paper – at some of these positions, it's like, I don't know, Vela isn't as productive, nearly as productive. Vela was like the best player in league history that year. 
And Buanga, I think, can replicate that. But what what are your thoughts on that? Um, maybe with another added couple games lately. It's it's tough because, like you said, Vela isn't anywhere near where he was before. I think this team would be on a whole different level if they kept Chicho Arango, yeah. without a doubt. Um, Sifuentes has regressed a little bit since last season. True, but so it's kind of tough because like. This recent team that they've had this so far this season, I think, has dropped off from that MLS Cup team. But, like, all the players they have on paper, I think, would be a better team. I think the biggest difference you really see that might, like, edge that 2019 team is that they had Bob Bradley. And he's just tactically, like, miles ahead, Chirondolo. So that's the only thing I can say. And, like, as a club team, when you're competing all on all these different fronts, you need a coach that's just gonna really switch up the tactics and really get in there and and give people very like like intentional directions you see it like with man city recently like pep guardiola is very very intentional and very good at improving his players um so you see a lot of output from the bench players granted he also buys the best players from every other team in the world to have on his bench but you kind (laughs) of see that with lafc in a smaller scale and the MLS, like they have a lot of players on their bench that would be starters for like 70% of the league. Right. Man City, you mean NYCFC's sister club? <laughs> you mean Tati Castellanos' next next club he's going to go to? <laughs> be interesting. Uh, next up, Sporting Kansas City hosting Austin. 4-1 win. Another 4-1 win, actually, for Sporting Kansas City. Man. These guys are blowing teams out of the water now. What's going on? The only thing I can say is that they were playing against Austin. And Austin has been really poor this season. But it was kind of like an uncharacteristic like performance from Sporting Kansas City. They didn't have a majority of the possession like they did, you know, against the Timbers and like they, you know, tend to do where they tire teams out with possession. So kind of interesting. Also really cool to see Alan Polito finally starting to hit the mark and, and get some goals. Um, but, you know, Kyrie Shelton's going to steal the show no matter what <laughs> when that guy steps on the field. That's right. Um, yeah, big win for SKC. Next up, RSL, Rail Salt Lake hosting New York City FC. Nil-nil draw, but let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about them, RSL, with a big signing. The biggest signing this week in MLS was RSL (laughs) signing Chicho Arango and unveiling him during this game. He was at the stadium, um, from what I heard, at least. But yeah, that's that's a massive signing for for these guys. Awesome for them to show like that initiative. It's the club record signing for six million dollars. I know they were in for him for a trade when he was initially leaving um lafc but they sold him out to liga mx but kind of crazy that rsl pulled this off you wouldn't you would think that other teams around the league would be in for this guy because he's a proven commodity he did it with uh lafc and you would think a lot of other teams would be wanting to go for him but somehow like one of the most boring teams in the league <laughs> managed to pull it off i i don't mean that truthfully <laughs> rsl rsl i love as a club just for like that underdog mentality they have but yeah Yeah. i don't i'm kind of bitter because i i would love to see the timbers have this kind of 
um, like ambition and go for a guy like that when we so desperately have needed a striker. Yeah. And we kind of just get this like band-aid striker of like Frank Bullion who has given us four goals now, I think. Yeah. And we'll get to that later, but yeah, Portland never really had an all-star kind of caliber level striker in the league that we've had. Like we've been blessed with like a pretty stacked midfield for most of our existence and goalkeeping. I'd say we've had solid people come in. But center backs and strikers. Chicho Rongo could have fit into Portland perfectly. I think his play style would have been amazing. And then you think about other teams around the league. He could fit in really well in, like, a Colorado. He could fit in really well in um, who else needs a striker. I, I There's so many teams that could have used him. Even teams that are still having some output, I think they could find a way to use him. LA Galaxy could have used him. That would Especially, have been a spicy. <laughs> that would have been a, an amazing move for them. It's just kind of crazy that more teams weren't looking for Even like New York City, like the other team in this fixture that we were originally talking about here, yeah. they they really need a striker like that, somebody that could you know kind of lead the line. And that would have been huge for them and I think just huge for him because it gives him a little bit more look on the global scale. I think that's well said. Next, San Jose Earthquakes beating Philly 2-1. A good Philly team who's been solid the last few weeks. Did you see that Jeremy Bobasi goal? That's the one you want to focus on, not the other one? Dude, the other goal was... Uh, both goals were bangers. I, I'll <laughs> I'll admit that, but I just love Jeremy Bobasi. And that, like, pops out to him, top of the box, like, first time, just rifles it, like, bottom right corner. Just really well-placed. It was it was well-placed, but the other one was a... That was a Certified banger. MLS After Dark banger. <laughs> and, yeah. Good job of Bobasi. That's, like, the second time I've seen him shoot a goal from outside of the box, honestly. Yeah, he, he doesn't shoot outside the box very much, but he kind of has the ability to. Like, I've seen him do that a couple times in Portland back when he played for us but yeah man is is having a great season so far also kind of crazy their left back scored that banger from outside the box <laughs> yeah that was that was an awesome goal probably would have been goal of the week any other week yeah but <laughs> next up vancouver hosting fc cincinnati a 1-1 draw another crazy goal on this one you see that lucho acosta goal I did not catch that one, no. So, ball kind of like chips in the box on the left-hand side, and he just first time just kind of chips the oh, keeper. Oh, you're right. It was kind of like Obafemi Martin's goal. I remember. Okay, yeah. Actually, I did see that. I I totally spaced on it because I think that was like when I was getting caught up, like re-looking through him. That was one of the first ones I watched. But, yeah, it was like a weird like back to goal, like just weird like predator instinct in the box. Like he just knows where the goal is at and just like flicks it and – yeah, that was crazy. And it's nuts because, yeah, most players will never even think of shooting from there. But, yeah, awesome goal. A lot of good goals this week. Pretty some crazy goals, honestly. Real quick, if you had to take either Lucas Zellerayon or Lucho Acosta for your team, who would you take? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, give me Zellerayon, but very close. Yes, you love to hear it. He, I just remembering that quick note on him that 2020 mls cup where they beat seattle three nil and call or columbus had two other players like nagby and somebody else like gone because of covid restrictions 
And he just dominated Seattle for the whole game and terrorized them and scored a brace. So, I love it. He can do it on the biggest stage. I love it. Next up, St. Louis hosting LA Galaxy. Another banger goal. Did you see this one? Nicholas Giochini. The Giochini goal. He had like this outside of the boot like flick. It like came from one direction of the box and he just got this whip around on his foot and it went in. Um, but LA Galaxy responds in the 85th for a 1-1 draw. Good on Galaxy for at least just getting something, getting some sort of results. This team is down in the dumps right now. They do they. <laughs> They just lost Chicharito to a, a torn ACL. So, personally, I think that's probably going to be the end of his career. He's, like, kind of on the tail end already and then to suffer an injury like that. If I were him, I would probably just talk retirement because I wouldn't want to come back into this team. I would just rather just say I'm going to retire and then after I recover, maybe just be like, hey, actually, I'm going to go play in, like, League MX. Like, I'm going to go sign for a team. No, give my boy one more year next season when he rehabs. Full fitness, he's going to play for San Diego Loyal in the USL Championship. You're telling me he doesn't want to come to the Timbers and play just turf get and... injured again immediately? <laughs> um, I would be very underwhelmed if our first big-name player <laughs> was a 36-year-old coming off of a torn ACL, Javier Hernandez. That's the most Timbers thing I could think of, though. <laughs> no, we just get some random guy who busted it up in the polish league or something Nah, dude all about the turkish league baby (laughs) next up speaking of random players who busted it up in eastern europe timbers win 1-0 over fc dallas frank bully with the goal frank bully is our starting striker and should be our starting striker that guy agreed looks pretty good Throughout this game, he looked really solid. He was willing to press. Um, a couple poor like first touches from him, but looked solid overall. And then the goal he had was just a really nice, clean assist from Evander to cut in and then chip the ball over their defense. It was like inch perfect. Uh, but yeah, just solid, solid gameplay from the Timbers in the first thirty minutes. Really attacking, dominate the game, and then they just fell back into the normal Timbers way of just. inviting pressure for the rest of the game which honestly was decently well executed i think we must say because since that 4-1 loss at skc timbers back-to-back shutouts against dallas and seattle two teams who have scored a decent amount of goals um dallas missing Ariola legit notably so that does come into consideration but man we look so good when we're just like right on the other team's neck with possession and attacking play. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we score, we just drop it all back and counter. And you can see where it can pay off because we did have a lot of chances. But, man, one mobby all a mistake away <laughs> at the end there from blowing the game. I, we I was watching the game with uh, with producer Isaac here. And when it was like getting late in the game, I was like, he's going to bring mobby all on. And like within five minutes and then mobby all came on and then uh, I was like, yeah, he's going to bring Mobby all on to like try and sure up the game. And then he goes, he's going to bring Mobby all on to tie the game. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're up one zero. And then I like looked at him. He had this sly smile on his face. And I was like, ah, I see what you did there. Mobby all is going to go in and just scuff up some clearance and hit it into his own net. What a, <laughs> what a legend, but my man needs to join Ridgewell on the coaching staff at this point. <laughs> Dude, I, I could see that happening actually. 
I can see that like man just being a locker room presence, just a paid locker room presence. That yeah. is all the games this week. How about we'll do predictions soon, but first we kind of we kind of skirted around it a little bit, but arguably the biggest news in MLS history surfaced this week. What are, what are we talking about here, Jacob? Darren Maddox is coming <laughs> out of retirement to suit up for Colorado Rapids. <laughs> Honestly, I think that would probably improve their team. <laughs> that would be bigger for me and Chase. <laughs> Lionel Messi announces he's signing for Inter-Miami, blew up the soccer slash football internet already every mls post is just flooded with these messi ronaldo trolls and all this media inner miami's follower account blew up all the while this isn't even an official move actually technically they're still sorting the details inner miami haven't posted an official thing saying messi's signed for us yet messi hasn't posted about miami but yeah, the only the only real concrete thing that has come out so far is that video of Messi sitting down in a, a white t-shirt that says do a kickflip. <laughs> Man's really getting into the American culture already. Um, and then, yeah, essentially just saying that his intentions are to go to Miami. Um, you know it's real, though, because the giant hard rock cafe guitar building in downtown Miami that lights up with, with those, like, flashy lights it said welcome to Messi." <laughs> i mean it makes a lot of sense overall he already has a house in miami um the argentina uh, argentina fa announced they were gonna build a training facility for their national team in miami um it makes sense for him to go there and the the deal that he's being offered is pretty amazing i believe it's 60 million um for a two-year deal 60 million a year and then he gets a profit share from apple tv for every subscription and then he also gets um some sort of profit share from adidas as well so and i think the biggest payout for him will be is that he's guaranteed a franchise in the future which like you've seen with david beckham is paid out because the value of his team is now i think it's 600 million dollars which means Messi gets a franchise bring me the Milwaukee Messies in 2035. <laughs> the Milwaukee Messies. I was gonna say the Montana Messies. Just <laughs> see see those see the those boys line up at the, the big sky region. They're gonna be out there at Billings University, <laughs> just playing on their field while they construct a massive stadium. What a what a legendary move! And with all the attention it's gotten, it already like. So many people have pointed this out, but like the people who have followed MLS before this, they're gonna have so much attention now. But it's like, like I'm proud to say, like we've been following the league like before this point, and we can see like the before and after of this moment because it is gonna be crazy. It's definitely gonna send MLS into a new phase. Like we've talked about it before. Like before there was the era before David Beckham, and then there was like this huge explosion. We got like kind of recognized on the global scale and then there's been these other phases since then where mls was signing a lot of old guys and then now it's gotten younger and there's been young exciting talent and we've become like a feeder league and i think this is going to be a huge shift where you're going to see Messi come here most likely just torment defenses every time he's on the field i think he's just going to probably light the league up um but 
you know, a guy of that caliber where it's, he's not even necessarily really past it. A lot of, I mean, some people were saying like, oh, you got a guy like another old retiree. The dude just won the World Cup like not even a year Six ago. Six months ago. I think he had like 25 assists this past season. So definitely somebody that. Anybody who says that's just a troll because, yeah, it, generally a player at that age would be past it. But we're not talking, we're talking about probably the best player ever and whatever little Newcastle fan who said that online, you know, would be ecstatic if he were to sign for their club. Dude, imagine how crazy it would have been if Ronaldo did sign for SKC, and then you had the Ronaldo and Messi rivalry in MLS. That would have been pretty electric. That would have been awesome. It'll be good. It'll be good for Messi, too. Maybe Robbie Robson can teach him a thing or two um, on the ball. Dude, it's kind of making like a lot more sense, all the steps for like Miami leading up to this, freeing up the cap space, bringing in Kamal Miller, um, and then recently like sacking Phil Neville. Like, cause I, I didn't understand that at first, but then when you really think about it, like, is Messi going to come to a club where Phil Neville's his manager? Like there's no shot. So he's, he's, and they kind of, I think they, they fired him to make room. So Messi could come in and then probably have a say in what coach they're going to get. Tata Martino is the big name link with them currently. And I think that makes sense for all parties, but what a move for the league. Yeah. It's going to be exciting whenever he suits up Portland Timbers hosting Inter Miami in the MLS Cup in 2023 will be nice for us to see Port for us to see Messi grace the pitch of Providence Park, where they only allow like half the stadium to be filled up because they think they're not going to sell enough tickets. <laughs> but moving on, we thought with Messi being signed to save Miami's season because they're in last place, we might talk about some other you know, underperforming teams that could use a messy like signing. <laughs> so Jacob, who do you have first for We're gonna do two <laughs> There's there's no possible way that you could have any other like messy like signing, but I I'd love to phrase it this way. I'm gonna do two picks here, because we're running a little low on time. But pick number one, I was browsing transfer market on the internet looking at free agents. And a surprising name popped up. 26-year-old Eddie Segura, former LAFC center back. And, yeah, he played 63 times for them from 2019 to 2022. Uh, was a solid center back and kind of rotational at times, but definitely slotted in, and he's won two MLS Cups, a shield, experienced in the league. I'm thinking if I'm Chicago Fire... I go big on this guy because they have a terrible habit of leaking last-minute goals. That's a great shout. I mean, Chicago Fire, I agree that they're not lacking for scoring goals. They've scored 22 goals across the season so far, but they've also conceded 27, which is right up there for, like, most goals conceded. I think, like, bottom five in the league or something. So somewhere around that. But, yeah, definitely, definitely a great shout. I'm going to go for LA Galaxy. They just lost their star man, Chicharito. I don't think he's going to be back for them. They're going to need another star striker. Who else other than Antoine Griezmann? You know, you... Just imagine that guy doing the Fortnite dance. It's projection. And the, but, the El Trafico. But we darby. can all see that happening. It's crazy how that's like a perfect connection. 
I but, I could he just his like personality like you know he's gonna move to MLS. Yeah. I could you could see him coming to MLS, and I don't think Messi likes him enough to like have him at Miami because <laughs> like they played like on Barcelona together, so you might be able to see that connection, but they didn't like they didn't really connect that well. I could see him going to like some sunny place. It's not going to be Miami. I think it's going to be an LA team. LAFC doesn't need him. It's going to be LA Galaxy. Do we link up with Miami at Messi or Raheem Edwards at the Galaxy? <laughs> well, you already know who's going to be given better service. <laughs> um, last one I'm going to do. Colorado Rapids struggling all over the place. Was thinking about a midfielder, but good old Jackie Price is injured. I think he'll come back strong. He's the real symbolic and literal leader of this club. The Mark Noble of MLS. <laughs> um, really, like a, I don't know why. He just kind of reminds me of Char almost. It's like just a hard-nosed midfielder, and personality's not the same, but he's just a leader on the pitch. However, a winger slash forward who could score them some goals, give them a real threat up top. Um, and somebody who has experience in the league playing both as a striker and on the wing, Albert Elise, former Ooh. Houston Dynamo man. Um, currently in Europe right now. Um, Where's he playing at in Europe? He's playing for Brest in League O. Oh. On loan from Bordeaux. Nice. I, I could see that move happening, actually. I could see that guy coming back to MLS, but not going to a top team. I could see him going to, like, a struggling team only, and just being their star guy. Only 27 years old, and this guy was electric in the league for a few seasons. This guy was a crazy dude, winger. Dude, that guy was so fun to watch because you just wanted to see him score and do his weird celebration. La like, Panterita. Yeah, it's weird to, like, <laughs> get down and crawl like a panther on the ground. But that's some solid shouts. I mean, I wish we, we should do this again some other time. We have more time where we could kind of deep dive on these teams and talk about the areas that they need. Because there's a lot of teams struggling that could use some signings. I mean, Toronto comes to mind. Uh, New York Red Bulls. There's there's some other teams that I think could use some key pieces in the second half of the season. Minnesota being linked with Timu Pukki. That's an interesting one we'll cover soon if it happens. Um, we're going to wrap it up with predictions, though. Not a whole lot of games this weekend, actually. Um, I think, what is it, six games on Saturday and one on the midweek on Wednesday. Um, I'm just We're just going to do this on the spot. We normally write these down, but I'm just going to give Chase a live preview on this one. No prep. <laughs> um, so sorry in advance. Nashville hosting St. Louis. Ooh, that's tough. That's like two play styles that kind of just, oh, man, they combat each other so well. I'm going to go Nashville 2-0. I think they're going to just kill them on the break. Hani Mukhtar is going to be killer. I'm going to go th- I'm gonna go 3-0 Nashville. I think they're going to really frustrate St. Louis. And catch him on the break. I can't um, wait to see Walker Zimmerman just body check Jared Stroud. <laughs> um, next up, how about New England Revolution hosting Orlando? Uh, I'm going to go New England is going to handle this game well. They're kind of coming into full stride here. Um, Orlando has been in some good form, but I don't think they're 
you know, up to par with New England. I think New England will be able to handle them probably. It'll be a close game. I'm going to say like a 2-1. I'm going to go 1-1 draw. I think Facundo Torres is on good form. I think he'll sneak in a goal. Or maybe Duncan McGuire. Um, And, yeah, I think it'll be a hard-fought battle in the Eastern Conference. Last up, San Jose versus Portland. San Jose hosting at PayPal Park. Oh, man. I honestly don't see Portland winning this one, unfortunately. I think San Jose has been just too solid this season. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 San Jose. 6-0 Portland. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 2-0 San Jose? Yes, sir. 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Portland. I think Portland's been, last couple weeks, they've really, and they've been public about it. They've really invested in been big on their defending. I'm biased. I'm a Timbers fan. I'm I I hope the Timbers win this game. We need some turn of form here, but I I don't know. I mean, this just this game screams like a Jeremy Bobasi like revenge tour game, dude. I producer Isaac's given the one nil San Jose gesture. I think Portland, San Jose, yeah, creeping up on third place. If Seattle's played a little bit more games, um, Espinosa Bobasi's been good. It'd be impossible to ignore that. However, I think if we can have Eric Miller anchoring back there again and solidifying the defense, I don't know. I would love to see that, but I think with Bravo being back next week from yellow card accumulation, we're going to see but, two. Oh, uh, Mascara is going to be gone. You're right. Never mind. And I take back everything I said. Ivicic, Timbers 6 0. <laughs> Ivicic is gone in international duty, which sets up. David Bingham revenge game <laughs> coming back to his stomping grounds. David Bingham, Kylo Ren in between the pipes coming back to San Jose to show them what they're missing out on. This is the real storyline of the month in MLS. <laughs> All right, well that is it from us. We have wrapped up everything we had to talk about today. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but we're screaming to go outside and play some soccer because it's a rare stretch here in Oregon where there's no rain, no no distractions, and we're just going to kick around. Exactly. All right. Anything else from you before we, we give it a, a sign-off here? Shout out to, to Alf on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> giving us a very kind review. Thank yes, you, sir. That'll be it from us. Keegan Hughes, come on the show. Thank you.